Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll and on with the show. Hello people at the short bus debate club bus stop. Uh, this is Brian Courtney and the bus is running a little bit late this week. No shit. <laughs> All week long. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Obviously, that was Darren. Um, he's Hello. sitting here with me. And today we're talking about uh, hookers, prostitutes, sex workers in the media, television, movies, whatever. Um, the reason all of this got spawned again is because I was watching The Deuce on HBO. And, uh, you know... There were a lot of hookers in Times Square in the, the 70s and, and early 80s, um, or in brothels at least in the early 80s. Now, not so much anymore because they cleaned it up and there's an M&M store and a Sephora store and a Nike store and places to buy theater tickets and all kinds of shit. So Friday, we're going to talk more about the urban renewal type stuff, um, but now we're going to talk about, you know, hookers and movies because we talked about hookers in real life on Monday. So, um, <laughs> so I don't know if these guys do it on purpose, like, or if they're just trying to be funny or if they're just trying to be dramatic or if they're really trying to tell a story and, and make people think. Um, but as a kid, I watched Dr. Detroit. Um, Dr. Detroit was basically this bad old lady named Mom um, shot these hookers pimp. And they were looking for a new one. And they found Dan Aykroyd kind of by accident because he was walking down the street. And he said, no, I will not be your pimp. I, I just won't do it. I don't even think he could say the word. I think he said a um, Anyway, he took on the job and, and managed them. Um, that annoying girl from The Nanny was in that movie, and Donna Dixon, which is Dan Aykroyd's wife, was in that movie. Um, those were the big draws, Dan Aykroyd and, and those two. Um, he ended up pretending to be a pimp because he had to try to scare mom off and there was this fight in the junkyard. But basically, that movie asked the question that I ask all the time is, why the fuck bother with a pimp? I mean, you take all of the woman's money or man or whatever, all of the worker's money, and you treat them like shit, you beat them up, you do all kinds of stuff that is fucking wrong in, in every way, shape, or form, but all of these prostitutes seem to be drawn to it for some reason, and I don't know if it's a self-esteem thing, um, if it's just a complete fucking, like, I'm a fucking total idiot and you can take advantage of me thing, or 
if it's a I gotta please you thing or or a combination of all three? I don't think that I would think about it in terms of like practicality when you're you're looking at the way that it, it's presented and coming. Cert, certain instances, sure, right? Um, uh, leaving Las Vegas where she gets trapped with those three guys and she gets fucking raped anally. Um, I mean, that's like a there's a there's a certain pragmatic position there, but like you take a goofy ass movie like Risky Business where it's like this fantasy, like a fucking senior in high school's fucking fantasy where you meet a fucking prostitute because you're fucking girlfriend. And you have all these fucking friend prostitutes of hers come over to your house and you make a fucking shitload of money. Of course, it's to replace the egg, right? Isn't that what the, the, the idea is? And now we're being chased by Guido the killer pimp. <laughs> the, yeah, the other. But but Tom Cruise gets to play the high school fucking, you know, it's just a, it's just a stupid male fantasy movie. I mean, when it really comes down to like when I like as a, as a high school, I mean. Sure, but those girls even in that movie wanted to leave the pimp. I mean, the girlfriend but did. They still used Tom they, Cruise's. And they still went back to the pimp. But that's what I'm saying is that I think in real life. There's a psychology to it. Yeah. I, I know that these are goofy movies. I know nobody would pick Dan Aykroyd as a fucking pimp. Just like nobody would pick fucking Henry Winkler from Night Shift as a pimp. Is that what he was in that one? I didn't see that. Yeah, movie, he, was a, he was a fucking morgue worker. And I can't even remember how the hookers ended up finding them. So that one was Henry Winkler, Michael Keaton, and Diane from Cheers, who I don't know if I can. Shelley Long, yeah. Um, So those three were the draws in that movie. And yeah, she was a hooker. Um, And they made a ton of money. And, you know, they were only paying Michael Keaton and and Henry Winkler a, a cut. 10 or 15%. I can't remember and what it was. they were using the morgue as a... Yeah, as uh, a base of operations. I can appreciate the darkness. And that. they were driving around the girls in a hearse. They didn't do any necrophilia or anything like that. No, 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 no body fucking, no. Well, no dead body fucking. Um, so, you know, maybe they were making a joke saying you don't really need a pimp, you need a manager, but I, I don't, I just don't fucking get it. So... You know, you and I, on Monday's episode, we were talking about how with the laws of the way they are, they're not protecting the women the way the women need to be protected. And and that goes, I mean, you mentioned leaving Las Vegas, um, things to do in Denver when you're dead for Ruza Balk gets raped with a beer bottle anally. Um, you know, there there's just a lot of movies where that happens, even though a hooker isn't necessarily the the predominant character in in the movie even even in pretty woman there's the ancillary guy carlos up on the fucking second floor of the banana you know who's was her whatever julia roberts girlfriends sort of like nominally acted as an intermediary and it's it's funny how like all the themes are the fucking same it's not just that they have the pimps but that she her friend takes all of their money and fucking buys drugs from the from the pimp slash drug dealer so, you know, enter Richard Gere, you know, without any uh, hamsters up his butt. Or I haven't like seen that fucking movie since, like, when it came out. I have no idea. I mean, I vaguely remember the banana thing. I know Richard Gere and, and Julie Roberts were in it. Um, I went to the drive-in to see it, but I don't know for sure. I know she was a hooker. Mm-hmm. I was laughing earlier because I was thinking, like, you just now said Risky Business is just a stupid male fantasy movie. And I think like 
Pretty Woman is a stupid female fantasy movie, and not just females, but maybe hookers. I mean, to say that Pretty Woman is a good movie is like saying Made in Manhattan is a good movie, and that's just a fantasy movie for maids. And and I've never seen Made in Manhattan. I haven't either, but I know she she meets the guy and then ends up yeah. Married to him and he's a super fucking rich motherfucker. Or mannequin is a fucking fantasy for mannequins. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 Kim Cattrall. I totally see that. Is it is it bad that I know that? And then the, the guy from uh, Down Almost Fire. I can't remember what his fucking name is. I I don't know. Andrew. And then pretty yeah, Andrew McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're all they're all pretty much stupid movies. But what I was getting at, kind of before I started spinning out of control was that we were talking about the protection of these women. Yeah. And then in Sin City, he says, well, you know, they're in old town now and in old town, the women take care of themselves. And basically all of the, the women there are badasses. Um, you know, if the cops get out of control, they make them leave. Um, they're, they're, kill, they're killers in that too, aren't they? They will definitely yeah. kill you. And Miho is this badass little. The actress, I'm guessing, is Japanese, some sort of Anglo-Saxon mix, because mm-hmm. she's got some white features to her, and it might not even be Japanese. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but she's a fucking badass. She can chop your fucking head off with one swipe of her sword. Um, but. <laughs> So they protect themselves. Well, then later on, they find out that they killed that cop, and the one girl starts freaking out. She's gonna say, she says, "It's the it's gonna be the bad old times again. The cops are coming back, and and the pimps and the drugs and and all of this stuff. If they find out, it's it's gonna be bad again." Well, I think that that kinda, and not that you know Frank Miller's graphic novel or or the movie that was made from that graphic novel is necessarily an accurate portrayal of life. Um, But I think it's still, you know, pretty true that the fact that it's illegal allows for cops to shake these girls down. It allows for pimps to do whatever the fuck they're going to do. It would take, if you, if you start to regulate things, you're going to take, the, the female out of a position of, well, I mean, you're going to take anybody that's going to be the actor, whether female, male, trans, whatever your, whatever your position out of the, uh, the subjugated position to where they can actually sort of like call the shots if it's, if it's regulated like that. But I just wanted to make a, her, her name is De- uh, Devin Ioki. Uh, her father was the dude that uh, created Benihana and uh, Japanese, German and English. So. Okay. So I was right about the Japanese thing. Mm-hmm. And the the white thing, really, for that matter. But thank you for looking that up. It is weird how, like, uh, these different kind of, like, fantasy components. It's either, like, a fantasy component or a nightmare. Like, whether, like, uh, so, like, 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 of course, leaving Las Vegas is, like, like the worst kind of, I mean, she gravitates to a guy who's, uh, who has declared his intention to kill himself, to drink himself to death. And, of course, it's because, like, her background... Uh, the guy that was her pimp was this uh, Latvian guy uh, who uh, appears to be schizophrenic or something to that effect, has some serious uh, mental illnesses, 
who ends up getting killed by the people that he's affiliated with um, in his area of, or at least it's implied, like she walks out of the mafia sort of things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, when the rubber meets the road, uh, where uh, the fantasy that they're both sort of like employing through the darkness, you know, I mean him, you know, and then what her background is, uh, reality sets in, and it's just a fucking. It's a nightmare. Well, and that guy, I mean, it, it definitely was a nightmare, but, I mean, he was fucking rich, and he sold all of his shit to buy booze so that he could drink himself to death, down to the fact, like, I think he once he got to Vegas, he ended up selling his Beamer and his Rolex or some fancy fucking watch, you know? For 900 bucks or 300 bucks or something, something like that. Something just yeah. to buy some more booze. But, I mean, he had a lot of money, so... I think he really could have drank himself to death, and and probably would have in a fairly quick. But he was a turnaround. He was a screenwriter, so he wanted to kind of. I mean, the way that he talked all the time, he was he wanted to sort of go through the process in kind of a magnanimous fashion, and and no doubt because she picked up on his illusions and his weirdness, like she sort of became his. Uh, not not as muse did, but like his audience, I guess I would say, like in those moments, because she she even said, you know, I like the weird little shit that you say here. I think there. she was a lot of things in that movie. She I mean, the, she, she was maybe a muse. I think on some levels she was a girlfriend more than a prostitute. Yeah. I think in a couple of scenes she might have been more a mother yeah. than there was some eternal thing. It's a fucked up fucking movie. But so like in terms of the, so like I said, there's like the dreams, there's like the fantasy dream side of things where whether it's, you know, the, the guy living out the fantasy or, uh, you know, the girl um, meeting the, you know, the knight in shining armor, you know, who comes up with the end with the fucking whatever. I can't even think about that. But then like, uh, say like basketball diaries, which isn't, isn't about prostitution, but when prostitution enters the, the story, because um, doesn't he end up being gay for pay? He's so a, crack, that he he's a crackhead, yeah. yeah. He, and he trades, and it's just that's the same thing as what happens in what's the I'll suck your dick for for a rock. What movie was that? Well, that was Menace to Society. Menace Society. Yeah, that's right. But I mean, I'll suck your dick. But what I mean, that's motherfucker? That's a theme. That's Y'all a want theme a cheeseburger? That that's a theme that comes out over and over and over again in films. The darker side, you know, where people, you know, there, there's always trading. Oh, you know what I didn't think about? Um, prostitution, in a more real sense, uh, was uh, uh, True Detective. Yeah. The way that he interacts with, uh, the way they both interact with them. and uh, Well, that was some fucking nightmarish shit, too. I mean. Because she was a prostitute. I forgot. Yeah, the one that dies in the beginning. Yeah, she was a prostitute. She was a, a prostitute. Yeah. That they fed LSD to. Yeah, if you haven't seen that first season. Um, and it's the best out of all yeah. three of them. I mean, if fuck, spoiler alert, you, 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 nothing we tell we could say here could ruin the beauty of the the composition of those the character development that is constructed. But Woody Harrelson, yeah. you know, because he was cheating on his wife with the court clerk, yeah. and then that ended, and he was supposed to be good, but then he ended up banging the, the hooker the that wasn't girl. a hooker anymore, who now worked at T-Mobile. Who, when he met her. She was, a was underage, right. and he gave her money to tell her not to be a hooker, and he ended up fucking her four years down the road, 
in multiple times. in every orifice. You know, I mean, what in? The, I mean, you want to talk about weird, dark, fucking shit. But still, brilliant, brilliant. I mean, if you want a good look at the, you know, the the, the layers of darkness and the dark side of humanity, beautiful. And you know, I I mentioned the night shift and and Doctor Detroit just because I thought that those were funny fucking movies. I I watched the night shift again not too long ago, or it's just called night shift. But you know, those those dark shows come from somewhere, and and I think. A lot of times, again, I don't know for sure if they're trying to be dramatic or if they're trying to be funny when they write these things, but I'm thinking that it is to sort of illuminate people and let them know that it's not all fucking roses and Christmas presents and, and shit. You know, it's not shiny, happy people. It's <laughs> it's some fucked up shit that happens. I mean, fuck from where we live, I'm pretty sure hookers roll this stroll right here. Yeah, I'm, I'm certain, yeah, on the back side of the house, yes. By the, the train tracks, and it's not trains, like trains, it's like light it's light rail, it's it's a conveyance, public transportation. Um, and And the main reason they probably roll this stroll now is because, you know, for so many years, and in the 60s, Bob Dylan commented on the hookers on East Colfax. Well, the hookers, obviously, throughout the 60s and 70s, got bumped off of East Colfax and West Colfax, for that matter. And they were kind of in the back neighborhoods. Like, I'd go to parties off of Colfax and just find fucking old nasty rubbers in the yard and, <laughs> and shit. Um so if you can't eliminate prostitution, whether it's a movie or, or real life, if you move them from point A, they're going to go to point B because that's how they make their money to buy drugs or feed their kids or whatever the fuck it is. They're not going to go away. So all you're doing is, is brooming them from one place to the other. And that's not a movie. That's that's real life. <laughs> but it could be illuminated in in, in, in film, film as well, or or shows or whatever. Um, I I want to hit on another kind of weird little spinoff. Um, and I don't think that I really started thinking about it again until um, we. So I brought up that that show that I watched about the the kids in Calcutta who were born in uh, um, brothels and. Uh, I don't think that when we talk about entertainment that it would be appropriate to sideline the sense that people watch documentaries for entertainment. And there's something that uh, kind of like struck me. I was talking to Janae the other day about this, but there's this concept called uh, tragedy porn, right? And like the idea is that you sit there and you watch these horrible things on a show that are true, that are real. So like in, you, you, you've moved away from the fantasy into the concrete reality and you're seeing these I mean, like I said, there's the, the when I said the little girl whose great grandmother was in the brothel and her grandmother was in the brothel and she and her mom was in the brothel. Does that mean that she is going to, you know, it's the only reality that her, you know, for generations now her family has, has had access to. But still, and, you know, I, I know I've been beating on liberals a little bit this week, but it, it, there is something about the liberal mind that 
to sort of like try to atone for the, the, the darker side of things that come out of life, uh, we look at these things, we see these things. And I remember when, when Janae was living in uh, Lebanon, um, and it was when the, the Syrian war was really starting to like ramp up in the background, and all the refugees were starting to pour to the border and starting to pour across and, you know, into Turkey and Greece and all these kinds of things. And uh, she was doing work with the UN, and she would take these buses down and go and do these things to try to, like, help people and whatnot. And I kept telling her to be safe, be safe. And finally one day she said, fuck off. Don't fucking tell me to be safe. There is no being safe in this environment. If you're in a, if you're in a fucking bus that gets bombed, you die. There was an instance where something like that had happened, or she happened to not go that day. And some some really shit hap- bad shit happened like that. But sometimes there's a tendency in uh, our culture, you know, where we will watch these things from afar, like voyeurs, through the lens of documentaries in certain instances, like prostitution, and see these horrific things. And uh, we think because we're observing it and seeing it and making ourselves conscious of it that somehow we're like helping to no we're not because we're still perpetrating the system that allows for it to continue to perpetuate itself and that doesn't mean that we like like we've been trying to suggest we're not trying to stop anything we're trying to create the conditions to where uh, we're not being hypocrites and to where people have the best opportunity at being uh, doing doing what they think is appropriate with their lives and being safe as they do it, not right. having other people fucking dominate them. So sorry, I'm shutting up. Be a hooker. If you don't like being a hooker, then go be something else. But the way things are right now, if they start doing this, you know, whatever, then they're kind of stuck there because you can't go at, into a place and say, well, here's my you know, my application or my resume or whatever. And they say, oh, well, what have you been doing the past six years? Oh, well, I've been blowing people in my car for four of those. Um, The other two, I wasn't blowing people in my car. I was doing all kinds of crazy shit, but it was in a hotel room because I decided to class it up a little bit. You you can't... (laughs) (laughs) I think we've been missing something like that for a while. That's that was a good delivery. I, I that. You can't do that. Um, but if it's legal, then you can say, you know, I well, I thought the money was going to be better than it was, so I turned tricks for six years. Turns out it wasn't that good. Um, but I was really good at them. Here's some of my uh, resources. You can talk to these people. Thank you. <laughs> Can we call some of your references? That's, that's what I was yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so they, I don't know. We, I think if we legalized it, not only would protections be better, but then, and that's for both sides of the line. That's for people that are paying for it and people that are, you know, charging for it. That's for the wife at home who may get some shit because her husband's off banging hookers. It's for everyone. Um, but then there's the financial part of it too, because now instead of the the pimps making 75, 80, 90, 100% of what these girls are making, we could charge them whatever. I mean, 25%, I think that that's fair. 15%, that's an income tax. 
So more money into the coffers. Um, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so I know you really wanted to talk about um, deconstructing Harry. Oh, I didn't. No, dude. I mean, the only thing that I'd just say about and of course, you're not allowed to say anything positive about Woody Allen lately. He's been married to his uh, former stepdaughter forever. I mean, for 30 years now, to be perfectly honest with you. So uh, whatever fucking weirdness that goes on in that guy's head, still probably one of the best film writers in the history of the fucking world. But the way that he approaches prostitution is kind of, you know, in your face and a little bit comical sometime. And deconstructing Harry... He has Cookie come over to the house, and uh, he says, I want you to tie me up and hit me a little bit and give me a blowjob. She says, you want me to you hit, hit you and tie – no, no, first tie me up and then hit me and then, then give me a blowjob. I mean – and so, well, let's get the monetary part out of the way. You know, I mean it's very prag- pragmatic. It's very straightforward. You know, they end up going and having a very nice day the next day with uh, his friend who ends up dying in the car and his son. Um you know what you just said, the way that you said that, um, it reminded me of Natural Born Killers. Now, the conversation where this occurs didn't have anything to do with hookers because Mallory Knox and that cop, Jack. Scagnetti? Yeah, were in the, I fucking rule. the cell talking. <laughs> and he's like, she goes, well, what do you want? And he's like, uh, I want you to kiss me and pinch my nipple. She's like, that's very specific, Jack. <laughs> well, the reason that reminded me of it was because of the way that, that that conversation flowed. But then it reminded me that, again, if you want to talk about some dark shit, that sick motherfucker was killing hookers throughout the movie. And then right. he's going after that. them because they're mass murderers and he hates them. So it was like some sort of weird self-loathing mass murderer but he was he would it was fantasizing being the thing that he started to play out i mean well i don't know because so he said that his mom got killed by charles not manson the dude in texas who shot her is it charles Wright? the guy from the yeah yeah from the a&m bell tower yeah the bell tower yeah um so he said his mom died and that's kind of what kicked it off. So this entire time from the time he was a kid, he's wanting to kill, to kill people. And apparently he didn't start or it didn't show it, but he didn't start until he, you know, became an adult and started killing hookers. But, um, and all of those hookers thought that they were going to get away or that they were safe because they had already fucked them. And everything was fine. He didn't kill them until the deed was done and they wanted to go. There's something like that in Heat, too. Heat, I, I think I only ever watched that movie, movie one time. Dude, that is a great fucking movie. And that's about bank robbers, robbers and hookers and whatever. Um, De Niro, Kilmer. One other, though, Woody Allen, just to back just for two seconds. Uh, Marty Aphrodite, so... He's adopted a son, and he wants to go. His his son's a genius, and he wants to go figure out what the the background is. And they have like this, uh, uh, like a chorus, like from old Greek plays that's in the background, saying, you know, don't don't go do that because if you open up that can of worms, then all kinds of weird shit's gonna come out. 
And, dude, the writing of that fucking movie is fucking awesome. It's fucking brilliant. So he ends up going and finding the girl, and, of course, she's a hooker, and she's a... Um, uh, he ends up putting her in a play, right? He doesn't. No, no, that's not that's not that one. But uh, so she's a hooker, and she also is a, does does porn. <laughs> that's right. And he wants to help her change her life, and she's like, "Fuck you!" And but I, I I'm not going to say anything. But in terms of a good fucking shit talking, funny moving fucking Woody Allen movie about prostitutes, Mighty Aphrodite. Is fucking awesome. Well, I don't know for sure, and I didn't realize until tonight that Woody Allen had done 48 movies. Um, but out of all of them that I've seen, and I'm not the Woody Allen buff that, that Darren is, but I don't think I've seen one where he didn't mention prostitution at least once. Or masturbation. He likes prostitution and masturbation. Which He's, he's got a fixation on sex a little bit. On sex that... You have to pay for, and or that you have with yourself, right? Because it's sex with someone you love, according to Woody Allen. <laughs> I wonder if you start like paying yourself. <laughs> that might like really feed your ego, you know. Well, it might feed your ego, and it could do something for your four hundred one k too. Like <laughs> just take. take. Take a percentage out of every paycheck. <clears throat> you're just giving yourself a commission. For right. Really good sex that you're giving to yourself. I just, <laughs> I just jerked off. That's another ten dollars. Um, it didn't know that this was going to go there, but <laughs> what are you going to do, right? <laughs> so, um, I wish I, I should have written more of them down. I just thought about so many of them where, you know, hookers were involved. And I mean, again, I don't know for sure it's the oldest profession, but I mean, in Mighty Aphrodite, they talk about this Greek play. Well, we know for sure in, in Greek times and in Roman times, there were hookers. Um, you know, Game of Thrones shows hookers, and, and some of them are happy hookers. Again, I, I think that's the light and, and the dark, and some of them are not. Um, and I think that that's just the way it is. Regardless of how much money you make, um, those ones that are making a lot of money aren't necessarily the only happy ones. Um, they might be kind of depressed, too. I made a point in the torture episode about how torture today is something that is hidden. Like back in the past, torture was something that was, they did it out in the open. It's, it's prostitution is very similar. Like in, in today's world, in, in, in the U S at least. Well, it is. It's, We're, it's, it's totally. It's no wonder we are completely fucked up about sex because we have been it, it has been drilled into our fucking head since we were little you know don't fucking jerk off don't have sex before marriage don't do this don't do that don't do any of these pleasure, things pleasure bad. yeah any anything you're gonna go to hell you know i'm just glad that at a fairly young age i said fuck that i don't need any of that <laughs> shit um they're all fucking liars um, 
but it's it's not just the religious aspect. That's the fuck that part when I was younger. Um, the government, and a lot of that is has something to do with religion or some sort of fucking, I don't know how to describe it. What would you call it? A, a sense of we're better than you, a sense of we're better than that. Um, you know, we don't, we don't need hookers because we're protecting these women. Um, you know, you said something about liberals and, you know, Dairo always calls it the the white person syndrome. They've they've all got to go out and do something for somebody. <laughs> um, that was a shout out, Dairo. Ah, uh, yeah, he's not one of the six that's listening. Um, <laughs> Is he back in Columbia? No, he's here. He's got like fucking nine kids, dude. It's really fucking weird that the first part of the Bill of Rights is the Establishment Clause. I mean, we, you know, Congress will make no law respecting an establishment of religion, but it's in fucking everything and everything. That but we that do. didn't happen right away. That wasn't until after the turn of the century. Well, the turn of. I don't know, like I said, so the Mann Act was in 1910, and that's when all of the weird sex shit started to happen, because before that, you could go in to a fucking bar and buy a bottle of laudanum or a fucking ball of opium, pick two or three of the best hookers you wanted, and go and have a fucking party, and then come down and play poker until fucking seven the next day. I think that every bar was like Deadwood, though, motherfucker. It's not just Deadwood. I mean, the stuff that I was talking about in 1892, that was those parlor houses on, on Market Street, and they were talking about gambling and, and everything else. So it wasn't just Deadwood. I mean, but that puritanical sentimentality, it wasn't. It's it's not like it just suddenly popped up in 1910. I mean, there was you know. No, I think women's suffrage had something to do with it because they were always talking about booze and sex. You know, they um, what was it? Temperance that they always preached. Temperance. Don't drink temperance. Don't fuck temperance. Um. I, I think a lot of things had to do with it, but I think that for the most part, the majority of people were doing it. So it was a minority of those people that cared. It's speculation. It is speculation. And I don't even know how the fuck you're going to find it because a lot of those people that I'm talking about couldn't fucking read or write. So... It's not like they're going to have a diary talking about, oh, well, on the 4th of July, we were celebrating independence, and I gathered three prostitutes, a ball of opium, and some laudanum. And you're passing your dad, like, you're sitting on grandma's lap, and she's like, yeah, I used to suck some cock. <laughs> well, I hope, and that's a fucked up family if that ever happened. Um I would hope, regardless of what sort of prostitution you were doing, you, that that wasn't something that you just shared. I mean, you could say, yeah, I was a prostitute, but, you know, maybe keep some of the details I, to yourself. i got to tell you, dude, that Maria was very open in her conversation. Of course, she was a young lady, but that was a, 
That was one of the more. She was also talking to you, then. Yeah. No, it was. Yes, it wasn't in the family, and it wasn't passing it down from. Right. But uh, I don't know. I don't think that. uh, I think that if she had a kid, I think that her kid. They weren't talking about it, but I think the kid would know what was going on. Dude, we have we have some serious fucking problems. So, I always joked around, and and I actually had a fucking stand-up bit, and I did it twice and fucking killed. But I talked about my grandma and how she was a slut. And my mom gets pissed when I fucking say that. She she was not. Well, she kind of was, especially for the time, because my mom was born out of wedlock. And then it turns out she has an older brother that was born out of wedlock. (laughs) So that's two different guys that she had sex with that, you know, Ended up having a kid. Um, And that was in the 1940s. So they've lied to us for so long. And we have this thing like they say, well, I didn't do that. And, you know, you can't have sex before marriage. And it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. Well, if my grandma was doing it in the 40s and that they really did say it was wrong then. I mean, that was when they fucking sent kids to convents and or locked them in a fucking basement for, you know, 23 hours a day so that nobody, none of the neighbors saw him. Um, but I always joked around about her being a slut and it wasn't an insult. I loved my grandma and there are some slutty girls that I didn't necessarily love, but I liked a lot. Um, there's nothing wrong with being a slut and we have this shit built into us again because they beat it into us from the time we were fucking toddlers or could listen that none of this happened. Well, I'm not positive, and she's probably going to hate this even more, but there's a strong possibility my mom was a slut. Um, I love her to death too, but I mean, just because you have sex... I was a slut. <laughs> Just because you have sex out of wedlock yes, you were. does not mean <laughs> that you're a bad person. It was just a fucking term that some cocksucker Did you did you ever see the movie came Kinsey, up with. Kinsey? No. It's a great it's a great film. It's about a guy who uh, he studied gall wasps, right? And then like uh, he was teaching some biology thing in college, and something came up to where kids started asking questions, like students were asking questions about sex, and he realized that there was like no scientific analysis about sex. It was like the nineteen late nineteen tens, middle nineteen twenties, and uh, he uh, applied for uh, a grant with the Rockefeller Foundation to study sex in a scientific way. So what they did was they went around. At first they did women, then they did men. But they they would do uh, interviews, um, and he like vetted the people that would do the interview process because you had to really get people comfortable so that they would be honest about what their backgrounds were with regards to sex. And um, his father was a preacher. Uh, he realized how much that affected him growing up when he finally got married, and then when he started to go through this process of vetting these people and then he got the he got the money and they did these crazy interviews with women and shit came out about 
everything, everything under the sun, you know, multiple partners, you know, uh, gay, straight, you know, fantasies that galore, you know, they really were very good at their, their process of interviewing these people. Um, they were halfway through the man, uh, and there was such a crazy reaction to the first book that the Rockefeller, Rockefeller foundation pulled the funding. Yeah. But, uh, like, uh, I think they did something similar with masters and was it masters and Johnson? I think they were, I think originally they were porn people, but then they started studying sex because they were trying and I could have this wrong. I, I might be way off base, but I think they were trying to pay for a movie or pay for a study or something. Um, but they started studying it. And I think that they tried to develop fucking uh, panels that you put underneath your bed to generate electricity <laughs> from the friction. Um, and I don't know if I, I swear <laughs> really that like they were like, they were like using sex as a way of creating energy kinetically. Right. That's fucking hilarious. But I mean, like you had suggested though, the second that everything comes out of the closet and you start to see all these different complexities with regards to, and you know, what they were identifying as perversions, which actually what Kinsey was suggesting and his, his study ended up suggesting were not perversions at all. The concept of sluttery is is not anything that's really meaningful. That sex is a natural um, and uh, you know something that we should you know maybe we should quit take out of the closet and celebrate it a little bit more, like as humans as opposed to like being prigs, you know, which is a word they used a ton at the beginning of that movie. I think that that's probably a, a true statement. I mean, we're we're all fucked up, and like I said, my mom is going to be fucking pissed about that, and. You know, my ex-girlfriend, she's going to be pissed because I used the word slut, and she said there's no such thing as a slut. People just enjoy sex. And that's true. Slutty people enjoy a lot of sex with a lot of different people, and that's fine. I think you just like using the word slut. You're just throwing, throwing slut around a lot right now. I am. I am. <laughs> and it, it is because of that. But, I mean, all of it, if you go all the way back to, like, Sodom and Gomorrah, dude, they just used all of that stuff against us because that was stuff that was being done. I think I really believe in pillars of salt. No, I don't either. <laughs> but I mean, that's just they're trying to scare people into yeah. not doing what they Ab- were already abs- doing. Yeah, abstinence, yeah. It's, oh, and uh, just one side point. Uh, he, he gets his father to finally do an interview with him. And his father, um, they fitted him because he was a chronic masturbator. They, they fit him with something to keep him from, from jerking off, right? So he realizes in this moment, the Liam Neeson the, is, is the Kinsey character, right? Uh, he Like why it is that his father was so uh, just crazy religious, you know, because he had been taught to, to shame. Like shame was like the only thing that you were supposed to relate to sex. No, there's nothing wholesome or positive about, you know, even though like you're even in the act of procreation, like, I mean, like everything was shame. So like it, it's, it's, it's quite a, it's quite an interesting scene because you can see it kind of breaks Liam Neeson because he sees his father as his father truly is because of how he's been bashed for ever being like thinking that having pleasure is a positive thing or anything. And that's some sad shit, dude. So strangely enough, when I looked at masters and Johnson, the first, 
link that came up was the Kinsey Institute. Um, so there you go. he's got a bunch of information on on Masters and Johnson, and I might have been confusing the movies that I had been watching because this doesn't mention anything about the fucking generating electricity thing. Um, but it does say that they are best known for the human sexual response cycle, um, which are the physiological responses to sexual stimulation and their excitement plateau, orgasmic and resolution. Resolutions usually when I'm putting my pants on and leaving. <laughs> Well, that's been resolved. Um, so Let it be resolved. We are at 44 minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, any other movies we need to tell these people about? No, I think this went in a lot of crazy directions that I, I did not foresee, you know. Fucking A. Good, that is bad, true. The ugly. And the the sluts. That is true. It is indeed. And I I think you know how I said that all women are crazy just on a scale and all guys are assholes but on a yeah, scale? Yeah, I, I think maybe all people are sluts but on a scale. Dude, I you know, I think post my first long term relationship I definitely had a little slut moment. You got to break out every now and then. You do. It, it, it helps you to even things out in yeah. the long run. Just to forget, if anything else. Um, all right. So then Friday, we're going to talk about urban renewal. Yeah. The, gentrification. Yeah. The, the wonderful side of white flight, yeah. reverse white flight. Pumping money into areas and kicking fucking poor people out. Yeah, uh, so that's Friday. Um, I think by Friday we should have next week's episodes ironed out a little bit better, but I could be wrong. So just listen on Friday and we might let be us late know again. what you think. We'll, we'll, try to get, we'll try to get it worked out tomorrow night, but we might we might be late again. I got some homework to do. So, All right, people. Well, thanks for riding with us. And, uh, 720-334-ROLL. Uh, Twitter short bus debate, TikTok short bus debate club. Email is short bus debate club at yahoo.com. Have we gotten a, no, an email? no, none of our you six be, listeners wants to fucking talk. You could be the first, even one of you fucking intelligence motherfuckers could send us an email. Yeah, I think that that's a really good idea. Make sure and put your title and phone number in the email though. I think you're going to be less interested with the ones this week though. I mean there's nothing really all that controversial about talking about sex. I mean, like if you really try to institute some of that stuff then maybe, but we'd just be really pissing off the fucking religious right. Well, I was and I was really going to talk shit about the GOP when you started talking about liberal people because you said, you know, ours is out in the open and whatever and yeah. the GOP as far as prostitution goes for them. You know, they're against abortion unless they're, you know, their side piece gets pregnant and then they want an abortion right away. We, we'll call that this this particular voting <laughs> cycle, we'll call that the Herschel Walker rule. All right. <laughs> Just since it's been out there anyway. Right. And oh, then uh, and Jimmy Swagger didn't didn't. He get caught with a fucking prostitute in the no, not Swagger. Um, it was the other one. It was uh, Jim Baker. Oh, did 
I'm sure he did. Dude, uh, I'll find the song, but maybe uh, it was him. Frank Zappa made a really. He took Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and turned it into Jimmy Swagger getting caught with a hooker in a fucking in a, in a place in Houston or something like that. It's fucking hilarious, dude. I don't know. There were a couple of different Jimmys, um, but either way, so. Yeah, the GOP are a bunch of hypocrites because they use hookers, um, and they are definitely pro-abortion when it benefits them. So that's all I had to say in closing. That's all I got to say about that. All right. <laughs> See you on Friday. Later.